THK. An international station for an international city. This is Radio 3. Good morning, it's 8.03 in Hong Kong, Monday the 3rd of October. Welcome to the start of a new week, a new month and the final quarter of the year. This is Peter Lewis with the latest business and finance headlines on Money Talk on Radio 3. Hong Kong Financial Secretary Paul Chan said yesterday his confidence that the new round of consumption vouchers will stimulate the local economy in the short term. Writing on his official blog... Mr Chan said the fresh round of vouchers dispersed since Saturday has boosted consumer sentiment, injecting about 15 billion Hong Kong dollars of consumption power into the local market. But he expressed concern about the challenges facing the economy, such as the local epidemic and geopolitical tensions, noting the decline in the city's retail sales in August. China's factory activity unexpectedly expanded in September, helped by a string of recent easing measures. But gains were marginal as the economy continued to grapple with strict COVID curbs, a deepening property crisis and softening exports growth. The National Bureau of Statistics reported on Friday that the official Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index rose to 50.1 in September from 49.4 in August. But the Kaishin Manufacturing PMI, which measures the performance of 430 private industrial companies, unexpectedly fell. The Kaishin, giant, Kaish, the Kaishin China General Manufacturing PMI dropped to 48.1 in September from 49.5 in the previous month. That was the lowest reading since May. Inflation in the Eurozone has reached double digits for the first time ever. Consumer prices in the Eurozone rose 10% in the year to September, accelerating from 9.1% in August, which was already the highest level in the Euro's 23-year history. And in the US, the Fed's preferred measure of inflation, the Core Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, excluding food and energy, rose more than expected in August. Core PCE rose by 0.6%, above expectations of a half a percent gain accelerating from the prior month's 0.1% rise. And on an annualised basis, the metric rose 4.9%, accelerating from the revised higher figure of 4.7% the previous month. On today's Money Talk, we're joined by Alex Wong of Alex KY Wong Asset Management and David Friedland from Interactive Brokers, with a view from mainland China, Xianan Wu of Xianwong Bao. Money Talk on RTHK. US stocks have notched their longest streak of quarterly losses since the market collapse of 2008 during the height of the global financial crisis. The S&P 500 index dropped 1.5% on Friday to 3,586, bringing the loss over the third quarter to 5.3%. The S&P has now declined for three quarters in a row, taking its losses for 2022 so far to almost 25% and wiping out $10 trillion in market value. The Dow tumbled 500 points to 28,726, ending September down nearly 9%, and for 2022 so far, with losses of almost 21%. The Nasdaq Composite, that also fell 1.5% on Friday to 10,576, reaching the index's worst closing level since July 2020, to end the quarter down 4.1% and off over 32% year-to-date. 
In Europe, the regional-wide Stock 600 index rose 1.3% on Friday, but was down 4.8% over the third quarter. The UK FTSE 100's quarterly loss was 3.8%. Hong Kong stocks completed their worst quarter since 2011. The Hang Seng Index rose Friday by 57 points, or a third of a percent, to 17,223 in thin trading ahead of the Golden Week holidays this week in China. But over the third quarter, it lost 21.2%, with more than half of that loss occurring in September. The tech index ended Friday 0.9% lower, extending its losses for the quarter to 29.2%. Alibaba tumbled 30% over the quarter. Tencent slumped 25%. While Metroan lost 15%. On the mainland, the Shanghai Composite Index fell 0.6% Friday to 3,024, and it was down 11% over the third quarter. The strong dollar weighed on commodities, with Bloomberg's spot commodity index down for the third month out of the last four and back at its lowest level since January 2022. Brink crude oil fell 7% in September and over 23% for the quarter, but it has rebounded this morning. It's jumped 3% uh, in early trading to $88.94 per barrel. Copper dropped by eight point uh, by eight percent in the last three months amid global growth fears and hawkish monetary policy talk. Gold is at one thousand six hundred sixty four dollars an ounce this morning, a decline of eight percent for the three months. Weakness spread across global bonds in September and the third quarter. The UK led the declines with a ten year gilt yield surging one hundred and thirty basis points in September and one hundred and eighty two basis points over the quarter to four point zero eight percent. In the US, the 10-year note jumped 81 basis points over the quarter, ending at 3.83%. And just a reminder that it started the year with a yield of 1.5%. The US dollar rose for the fourth straight month and is up eight out of the last nine months to its strongest level since April 2002. The Japanese yen was the worst performer out of the major currencies over the three months, dropping over 4% in September and 6.6% in the quarter to 144.81 this morning. Sterling fell 3.9% on the month. It's trading at $1.11.5 right now and 8 Hong Kong dollars and 75 cents. The euro is at 98 cents off 6.5% during the third quarter. And the Chinese yuan was over 6% weaker over the quarter. Offshore Chinese yuan, which hit a record low against the dollar, is currently trading at 7.135. And Bitcoin was down 4% in September, but it did eke out a a 2.5% quarterly gain and starts the new month at $18,900. Mainland China markets are closed all of this week. South Korean markets are also closed for today. Uh, in the markets that are open, the SX200 in Australia off two-thirds of a percent. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is sliding 1.2%. And it looks like a bad open for the Hang Seng. Looks like it's going to slip below 17,000 to around 16,950. That's down about 270 points from Friday's close. <laughs> Ten and a half over in our Queensway studio, we find Alex Wong, director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management Company. Morning, Alex. Hi, morning, Peter. And also with us, David Friedland, managing director for Asia Pacific at Interactive Brokers. Morning, David. Good morning. 
China's factory activity unexpectedly expanded in September, the National Bureau of Statistics reported Friday. The official PMI rose to 50.1 in September from 49.4 in August. Meanwhile, the Kaishin PMI, which measures the performance of private industrial companies, unexpectedly fell. It dropped to 48.1 in September from 49.5 the previous month. That was the lowest reading since May. And in the services sector, the official NBS non-manufacturing PMI for China declined to a four-month low of 50.6 in September uh, from 52.6 a month earlier. Um, Alex, it looks like, if we sum it up, manufacturing better, services contracted, but construction did pretty well, um, but export orders are are falling. So what's your assessment of the data and where China's economy stands right now? I think uh, it's uh, still uh, heading lower. Uh, First of all, I think the consumption actually uh, is uh, getting concerned uh, because um, uh, we probably would get the negative uh, impact from the... um, falling uh, property markets in China. And also I think uh, the manufacturing uh, sector may just get a temporary boost up since after the lockdown we opened. So uh, this is only a temporary thing. So I think uh, uh, the, the, the outlook is still quite bearish for Chinese economy. And do you think there's any any signs of the, the, the stimulus measures that have been announced? They've been sort of trickling out, haven't they, throughout the last month or so. Are they having any sort of impact or likely to have an impact? I think uh, they're only likely to uh, get a short-term impact. Uh, in the meantime, I think uh, people probably would still be um, quite concerned about the uh, property market in China. So I think that... Uh, Chinese people actually would be quite prudent in their spending. So that's why um, I think the outlook is quite bearish. And also the unemployment situation is uh, also getting worse, I think. Particularly for youth unemployment. Right, yes. Um, David, what are your thoughts about it? Where, where do you think we stand? Any sign at all of a, uh, of a recovery or a strong recovery? Uh, and I don't see it until the, the lockdowns stop and, and the markets and the um, COVID lockdowns lock and people are free to travel. The, um, unfortunately, the world is, is, is probably pushing towards recession, which has been um, hurt sentiment. And as sentiment goes down, spending goes down. So people, as, as Alex said, are becoming more cautious. And I think any short-term stimulus measures will be that just that short-term. Hey, we, we can see that in the, uh, the gauge of new export orders. It fell to 47. That's the lowest in four months. It looks like demand um, from overseas for Chinese goods also moderating. Well, I think you'll see some demand dropping and moderating around the world as inflation picks up. Um, mm. Continue. I mean, sorry, it doesn't pick up. Continues to to, to uh, occur. Um, you know, I was thinking. It's like I, I was talking again to to my to my parents last night, and and my mother continues to um, mention every time she goes to the store, the egg prices go up. Mm. Um, just general goods, vegetables continue to rise, and it just doesn't seem to be slowing down yet. Mm. Alex, you you mentioned the the support measures seem to be fairly limited, but they are boosting infrastructure uh, spending, which uh, which is where a lot of these measures uh, have been focused on. The construction index climbed above sixty, but going forward, what do you think the government should be focusing on in terms of these uh, support measures? Where should they be uh, sort of trading their firepower? I think uh, infrastructure is just an old trick. Uh, we have seen that. Uh over the last uh, few decades. But um, this 
is uh, not very, that effective now. I think because China already had a very strong infrastructure these days, so I think uh, these old tricks uh, would would not be that effective. I think they would focus more on trying to stabilize the property market. Right now, um, I think people are very um, concerned about that, and and I think that, that actually has a spillover impact to other things, and uh, so I. Um, especially consumer sentiments. So I think um, they probably would would uh, would 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 need to uh, stabilize the uh, sentiment in the property market in China. Is it still a big drag? Do you think overall on the economy, the property sector, any sign of it's you know maybe stabilizing? Uh, I think uh, it is uh, still a big drag because uh, right now, um, if it is trending lower, then people would delay their uh, buying decisions. I think uh, that is uh, a negative spiral. Mm. So I think uh, that that need to be addressed. David, we we got the national congress coming up. Do you think once that's out of the way? then we can expect a relaxation of the zero COVID policies and maybe more stimulus? Or do you think this is going to continue onwards afterwards into next year? Well, I think that's been the hope. But um, so I think it'll be the start. I think allowing Hong Kong to open up is is a nice positive sign. Hong Kong has to go fully open um, without the zero plus three, hopefully zero to zero soon. And that could be a nice barometer to see how, you know, China can see that it works. Mm. Um, but again, they, they have to. Uh, I don't think they can go big bang because they've been locked down so much. That, uh, the virus hasn't really hit the population, so there's no herd immunity. Mm. So I think they're going to have to take baby steps and ease into it as a cautious approach because I, I can't see them taking the chance and just saying, "Oh, we're open." What do you think, Alex? Do you think things will change after the national congress in a couple of weeks' time? Uh, I think that they probably will still be quite prudent. Uh, it takes time. I think Hong Kong will set an example. So uh, it probably needs uh, to see how Hong Kong uh, does after um, further reopening. So probably uh, will not be that soon. Mm. Okay. Let's switch our attention to the markets. A lot going on at the moment. First of all, the U.S. equity market, U.S. stocks. Um, they've notched their longest streak of quarterly losses now since 2000, uh, since 2008. Um, and the S&P has declined now for three quarters in a row. Uh, losses so far this year, almost 25%, wiping out $10 trillion in market value and a 20, uh, 25% decline in the past uh, past nine months. Um, do you think there's excessive pessimism, Alex, or is there more pain to come? Uh, I think uh, uh, the sentiment is getting more bearish right now. Uh, we did not get any um, temporary rebound uh, in the quarter end last Monday, so um, it means some um, sentiment is really quite bad. And... Um, and I think uh, people are getting a sense that uh, even if it's stabilized, it probably will be going nowhere for quite some time until uh, the Fed uh, gets uh, uh, less hawkish. So I think uh, in the meantime, we probably may still get further pains because uh, people will still look at valuation. And, and actually, the U.S. market is, was quite resilient as compared to other markets because of the strong dollar and also because of the quality of the listed companies there. But I think uh, people probably would uh, would getting a sense of a helpless, helplessness in, in, uh, and, and probably probably may see uh, more downside if they get feelings back uh, to more people. The, the, the problem is we... There's no sign yet of this hiking cycle ending, is there? And normally you don't see a bottom in equities until the Fed does start to signal that uh, the, the hiking cycle is over. But we've had this PCE data on Friday, which wasn't great. No sign at all that they, uh, the Fed's going to reverse course. I think uh, we need to see um, a weak uh, employment report 
soon to 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 reverse that feeling because mm. uh, right now uh, we got already um uh, weaker commodity prices and probably the um logistics problems uh, may may get solved uh, eventually or, or soon so um the major problem is that uh, we still got the wage inflation mm. so we need to see a weak report uh, in the employment sector so that uh, people will reverse uh, their uh, expectations David, what are your thoughts? Extreme pessimism at the moment, isn't there? And also, if you look at fund managers, uh, they're raising a lot of cash at the moment. So they are underweight in equities in a lot of ways. The sort of ingredients that you often see a rebound in. Do you think we're going to get that? Well, I think they're building their firepower because everyone's becoming increasingly pessimistic. Um, I still haven't seen a great capitulation yet. I, I think you'll see a bigger sell-off still just because um, we're entering an earnings season. Earnings aren't pointing to be... Um, particularly strong, but that, mm. that'll be a telltale sign. You have congressional elections come again in November, um, which interestingly enough, I think is the, in the past eight decades, there's always been a rally after elections. This may be the time we break that trend. Mm. Um, but I think we have to get past the, the interest rate hikes and um, see inflation come down before we start seeing um, a big improvement in the, in the markets. Mm. Okay. Now, Alex, Hong Kong markets, you warned us last Monday when we spoke uh, that the bottom uh, wasn't in yet. It looks like the Hang Seng is going to drop below 17,000 um, this morning. What just? What's the outlook? Oh, no, of course, it's still bearish. I think uh, Hong Kong is, uh, is, uh, is uh, more bearish than other markets. Uh, first of all, uh, RMB actually is weakening right now, and mm. that hurts the uh, uh, interest value of many Chinese companies listed here. And then uh, we got the property sector problems, and also manufacturing sentiments in China, I think, uh, would not be getting better. And uh, right now, um, we also co- are concerning about the consumer sentiment in China, because uh, after Nike reports, I think people will get concerned about the um, middle class uh, discretionary uh, spendings. So I think uh, that... Uh, means uh, uh, we will probably still be heading lower. Of course, right now it's a cheap in valuation, but I think uh, people probably will, we, we are just their expectation because of the weaker RMB and also weaker spending from the middle class. What would you like to see that would make you um, turn positive on Hong Kong stocks? Uh, I think uh, the major boost would come from the change in COVID policy in China, but I don't think that would happen soon. Mm. David, what are your thoughts? It really has been an awful uh, year uh, for Hong Kong stocks. Um, yeah, we, we need the, the economy back in Hong Kong alone, and that's going to come with opening up the borders. Um, but I guess it's survival of the fittest, so some people eking it out, becoming stronger. Um, I guess whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, so hopefully we come out of this um, the hell of a rally down the line, but I don't see that happening overnight. Mm. And we had the General Chamber of Commerce saying on Friday that uh, even if we went to a zero plus zero uh, COVID policy, we're not going to see any benefit of that now till uh, the next quarter at the earliest. And he, he reckoned that 10% of uh, companies that they surveyed in Hong Kong have left Hong Kong for good. That's not a great backdrop, is it? No, but I think if they go zero, zero, you'll see... Um very quick benefit because people will come in from over the border and, tra- and travel go back and forth and that'll help boost the economy but you know companies can't turn on a dime they, they, they plan for many months you take long-term leases mm. and if you're moving people overseas they're not going to turn around and come tomorrow and if you're bringing people back they have to settle their lives find schools um, apartments housing um, office space so that does take time but 
Hong Kong's a great place, and there's no doubt it's been resilient, and it will come back once they clean up these policies. You're, you're a big employer here in Hong Kong. You have a big presence here. How, how do you find attracting people from overseas to come here? Is it easy to persuade them? Difficult? What, what's the situation? Uh, in the past year? Yeah, this, this, this year. Ex- extremely difficult. Um, the, 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 the prospects of sitting in what was three weeks quarantine to two weeks or even a couple of days um, wasn't great because there's always uncertainty of what's going to happen next. So we need some stability. Hmm. Um, and that's what people want to see from overseas. And they're going to come here also the policy for um, kids in school. They want to make sure their kids are in school and have a place to go and have a stable education. And finally, um, it's the mask policy. Um, overseas, it's eased up, it's opened up. So they've seen, I guess, their own uh, openness, and they don't want to come to a place that's closed with different policies. It doesn't mean the Hong Kong policy is wrong. It's just that it's different, and people don't want to go to uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Alex, let me just ask you briefly about the currency, the Chinese yuan. You mentioned that um, earlier. Offshore yuan fell to the uh, lowest level on record uh, last week. The dollar is continuing to surge. Um, what's it going to take to maybe bring the dollar back down to earth? Well, I think, uh, as I've said, uh, probably we need to see a weakening uh, employment market in, in the US. I think yeah. that probably would be the trigger. So uh, that I think that would be the major catalyst uh, if we, we, we need to see a reversal in the US dollar. Okay, well, thank you both uh, very much for coming in this morning. That's Alex Wong, director of Alex KY Wong Asset Management Company, and David Friedland, managing director for Asia Pacific at Interactive Brokers. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. An announcement from the Transport Department. There are some problems on the uh, Tumman line. Uh, Tumman Station to Diamond Hill Station is operating at six-minute intervals and the service is suspended between Diamond Hill Station and City One Station. That's on the Tumman line on the MTR this morning. 8.25 on the phone from Beijing. Yanan Wu, Chairman of Xiangwang Bao. Morning, Yanan. Yeah, very well, thank you. Let me ask you, get your thoughts, first of all, on China's economy uh, following that PMI data. Um, It certainly looks as though the data of the manufacturing data, the official sector, has improved slightly. But are you seeing any sign at all of a a strong rebound in the economy? Yes, uh, as you mentioned, the production index uh, in the uh, PMI uh, list grew to the above expansion line, but I the, uh, when you look at the details, the signals are kind of mixed. Uh, I think there, if you summarize, probably four major uh, indications from the PMI data, both from the the large enterprise PMI data and also the Caixin for small and medium uh, mm. SMI data. So, so first. Uh, uh, indicator is the production that uh, grew at the fastest pace of 51.5% uh, back to above expansion line. However, the, if you look at the new order and employment indices still below expansion line for large mm. enterprises, and the purchase index in September also grew 1% to 50.2% above the expansion line, indicating uh, enterprises back to production and work after the uh, easing of restriction of electricity due to the hot summer. Uh, so if you look at a uh, blast furnace, steel, asphalt, or the opening 
back to work uh, has uh, improved much better than August. And the third indicator is the large and SMEs continue to diverge. So when we look at the major Caixin uh, indices for small and medium enterprise have dropped in September, uh, production Caixin is below actually expansion line since June for small and medium enterprise. And for the employment small enterprise uh, index is also the lowest since May 2020. Uh, two, 2020. And the material index and still stay lowest since 2016. Mm-hmm. So that's the number three indicator. And the fourth is the import better than the export. Import index in PMI grew to uh, 48.1%. Uh, export order however, dropped 1.1% to 47%. So mm-hmm. the the exports actually slowed down in September. And why is there such this stark difference between the official data, which obviously measures the state-owned enterprises, and then the Kaishin data, which is for the smaller um, private firms? Why such a big difference in performance? Is that because the economic stimulus is mainly going to the state-owned firms and banks are mainly lending to them, or is there some other reason? Yeah, majorly, uh, uh, we say still because of the uh, the stimulus policy, still driven to toward infrastructure, uh, you know, the construction and also real estate. Mm. Uh, yeah, so the small and the medium enterprise still suffer from the the uh, PP, the high PPI per material numbers and also the very weak uh, consumption demand. Mm. So that's a still weakened weakened to see. If you look at similar policy, the uh, uh, the real estate, uh, you know, still back to the uh, the policy still called attention. So this is the uh, first time the personal uh, individual uh, tax rebate uh, after 12 years for real estate uh, purchase, mm-hmm. uh, personal home purchase, and just eight years uh, after eight years, the uh, the mortgage rate also. Have dropped uh, the, lo- the the lower bound uh, also uh, reduced. So mm. the, all this indicated that uh, the government want to uh, relax their real estate uh, policies. And, and presumably, also, and, yeah, and presumably the um, the slowdown in consumption that you mentioned that's what's really hitting the services sector, isn't it? The PMI for the services sector now at a four month low. Do we need to see some of this stimulus focused on getting consumption back up? Yeah, I think that's still wait and see. Uh, I think uh, we still have this uh, COVID zero policy uh, across nations, so I think uh, uh, it will depend on the policy when to relax, and also, you know, Hong Kong already uh, loosened up, so we'll wait until the mainland when to relax policy. Uh, before that, consumption still slow. But uh, if you look at the October Golden Week, uh, which are going to in right now. The consumption demand really picked up. There's uh, mm-hmm. travels uh, still uh, high, very hot uh, season right now. So the ticket uh, for flights and uh, railways still go up. So, mm-hmm. so I think that's a good sign. But uh, overall, it's still, I think, we'll remain wait and see. Uh, the uh, mid-term to long-term infrastructure, uh, the loans uh, was encouraged by the regulators mm-hmm. to to uh, increase uh, for the banks. Okay. For another probably, yeah, one trillion to one point five trillion dollars. So that uh, will probably help improve the PMI data for the second half. Yeah.
Okay, Yan and Well, thank you very much and enjoy the Golden Week uh, holidays. That's Yan and Wu, who is the chairman of Zhedmong Bell. You're listening to Money Talk. RTHK Radio 3. And just a reminder that the markets on the mainland are closed all this week for the Golden Week holiday. Hong Kong markets also closed tomorrow. Uh, South Korean markets closed today, but around... Those markets that are open, stocks are slipping. Uh, the SX200 in Australia down 0.7%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan off over 1%. Um, looks like it's getting worse for the Hang Seng. Um, the Hang Seng, which closed at about 17,220 on, fr- on Friday, is going to lose that 17,000 level this morning. Futures currently indicating an open at about 16,900, which is a loss of 320 points on the day. Thank you very much for listening this morning. There's no money talk tomorrow, as it's a holiday here in Hong Kong for the Chung Yung Festival. But you still get me. I'll be here from 6 to 10 with a special holiday show of music, chat and guests. Please join me for that if you can. Money Talk will return on Wednesday. Coming up after the news, back chat with Jim Gould and Mike Krause. The weather forecast, fine and hot. Uh, maximum temperature of around 32 degrees, a bit higher in... Uh, in the urban areas, fine and very hot tomorrow as well. Temperatures right now 28 degrees and it's 84% relative humidity. Coming up to 8.32, here's Ben Che with the Half Hour News. Mainland authorities will for the first time be recruiting astronauts for its manned space program in Hong Kong. More details from Todd Harding. The China Manned Space Agency is looking to recruit up to 14 astronauts, including seven or eight pilots, several engineers and two payload specialists. The agency will be inviting applications in Hong Kong and Macau for the positions of payload specialists, professional scientific researchers mainly responsible for scientific experiments, research and testing during a space mission. Chief Executive John Lee has described this as an historic present, saying it symbolises the country's confidence in Hong Kong's research capabilities and its care for the development of Hong Kong youth. The recruitment exercise will run for three weeks starting on Thursday. MTR train services between Diamond Hill and City One on the Tunma line have been suspended due to signaling glitches. The rail operator is arranging free shuttle buses for affected passengers. It says staff are carrying out emergency repair works. MTR says commuters may consider taking other transport. A tourism professor says he expects a rapid rebound in visitors here if Hong Kong can fully open up to international travelers before Christmas. Professor Haiyang Song from the Polytechnic University's School of Hotel and Tourism Management welcomed the recent scrapping of hotel quarantine, which has been replaced with three days of medical surveillance. But he says the surveillance as well as the requirements for PCR tests still add risk to travelers' plans and may deter them. He told RTH that if Hong Kong fully reopened, tourist arrivals would bounce back. I think they will be relatively quick, especially we are approaching Christmas holidays. So if we can fully open before that, there will be an influx of tourists from other countries than China. I think China probably still takes some time for opening up. And once Hong Kong is open to China or China is open to Hong Kong, then I would say next year you will see a lot of maybe a significant increase of tourist arrivals. The news from RTHK.
Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. On today's programme, we're talking about the Global Financial Leaders Investment Summit, which is due to take place here on November the 1st and 2nd, hosted by the Hong Kong Monetary Authority. More than 100 major institutions will be represented including more than 30 by their chairman or chief executives, including uh, HSBC, Standard Chartered, UBS and Goldman Sachs. The meeting will have, uh, sorry, UBS and Goldman Sachs. The meeting will have the theme Navigating Beyond Uncertainty. It'll be a major gathering.